volunteering has always been a part of the DNA of River Life. Serving in church, it's always been. And that's because River Life literally was born out of volunteering in church. You see, if you haven't been around for a while, for our first few years, we had, we had 30 plus people every Sunday wake up early and drive to set up church. Because we were mobile, we didn't have a permanent location like this. We met in community centers, high schools, in gyms and auditoriums, and we had to set up church. So every week, 30 plus individuals, we would unload two trailers full of gear, even in the snow. We'd unpack bins and bins full of supplies. We'd set up poles and curtains all throughout this space, and then we'd have service. And then when we finished, we'd tear it all down and pack it all up again. We did that every week. And you know, when you do that every Sunday, serving in church, volunteering in church can't help but become part of your DNA. In fact, for our first few years, we had over a third of the attendees of River Life volunteering on a regular basis. And that's just unheard of. That is amazing to have a third of a church <laughs> serving consistently and regularly in the church. Well, then an interesting thing happened. We continued to grow. We've been growing ever since we launched. We continued to grow, but our number of volunteers didn't. We still have around 30, maybe 25 to 30 people who serve every Sunday. But as our attendance grew, our volunteers didn't. And what that meant was that we're doing more and more ministry to more and more people with fewer and fewer people. And that's tough on a church. That's really tough. So why do you think it is that fewer people are, as a percentage, are serving in church nowadays. Well, I've, I hear a, a lot of different reasons why people serve and why people don't serve. But there's certainly an idea that I've heard a lot. And one of, is this idea that, that serving in church and ministry, that's for the pastors, that's for like the Bible college grads, it's for the super spiritual ones or the super committed ones. That's just not for me. And you know what? That could not be further from the truth. You see, most of the ministry here at River Life is not done by me. Most of the ministry here every single Sunday and throughout the week is done by regular people who love other regular people and want to see a church thrive. It's regular people serving regular people. That's what happens every Sunday around here. It's true for us, and it was true back in Bible times. You see, when we read the Bible, we often think, we think of the, the superstars, like the mega pastors of the time. It's, it's Jesus, it's Peter, you got Paul, and then Timothy, and Barnabas, and John, and his brother James. All these big names you always hear. Guys who have books of the Bible named after them. Those are the, the, the people that we think about. But you know what? That wasn't the case. Sure, they did amazing big things. 
But every single church all throughout in the Middle East region, up in Turkey, over in Greece, all the way over in Rome, in Italy, they were filled with regular people who loved God and loved their church. And so they served. And so today I want to introduce you to some of those regular people. Now I'm going to read a passage here today that I can almost guarantee that you have never heard a sermon on before. Because I don't think any pastor would be foolish enough to read this. Because it, it just feels like there's so much cooler spiritual stuff in the Bible. And I'm about to read to you. It's the last chapter in the book of Romans. You see, Romans, along with 12 other books of the New Testament, there are 13 books of the New Testament that were originally just letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to churches. So imagine just sitting down and firing off an email to a, a buddy in another church somewhere. That's what these were. They were just letters. And part of the convention of letters is you would often end out letters thanking people in the church and recognizing people. So it would be like me sending you an, uh, an email and say, hey, by the way, um, th thank your husband, thank your wife, thank your friend. Uh, they really helped me out the other week. And that's what Paul did. But what's interesting in the book of Romans, Romans 16 specifically, is this is Paul's longest list of thank yous he gives throughout the entire Bible. It's almost weird how long it is. Even scholars say it's really strange. So you can think of this, it's Paul's personal greens, but really you can think of this as his shout-outs. That's what this chapter is. It's Paul giving some shout-outs to some people he appreciates. So, let's read that together. It's uh, verses 1 through 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church of Chenchereae. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinatus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, um, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, who, who's fidelity in Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Great, um, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. I like to think of them as twins. Why? Well, I don't know. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has also been a mother to me. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, 
Patrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Philologus, <laughs> Julia, uh, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now I know, not this but most spiritually riveting passage, <laughs> and certainly difficult to pronounce. But this is an amazing passage. I love this for a few reasons. One is it's so personal. When you, when you hear this, when I read this, you get a sense Paul was a real person with real friends. Friends he wanted to thank. And then the other thing is this passage actually teaches us a lot about what the early church was like and what ministry was like. So, so I found four observations. Four observations in this passage about what ministry in the early church and also what ministry around river life is like. First, Paul did not do ministry alone. Paul did not do ministry alone. He had many co-workers in spreading the gospel. We often think of him as a lone ranger, but no, that is not the case. In one church, this is just the church in Rome. In one church, he mentions 26 families, excuse me, 26 individuals, two families, and three house churches. Just in this list. See, Paul did amazing things for the kingdom of God. But he didn't do them alone. And we don't do them alone either. River Life needs you. I'm not enough. River Life needs you to live out and accomplish our mission of bringing hope and healing to the 50,000 second and third gen Hmong in the Twin Cities who don't know Jesus. And that's just the Hmong. We need you. We cannot do ministry alone. I certainly cannot do ministry alone. Second, Paul absolutely believed in the equality of all believers in Christ. Right? What's amazing, when, when, so scholars who really know their stuff, they've done an analysis of all of the names. And, and just like names around the world, you can kind of trace back where names came from. You can do that with all of these names. And here's what scholars have determined in looking through this list of names. In this list, he mentioned, mentions Jews and Greeks. He mentions men and women. He mentions wealthy people and working class. He mentions slaves and freed people. All of those people are people that Paul is grateful to for serving with him in Christ. And what's amazing is a few years before Paul wrote Romans, he wrote another book that's in the New Testament called Galatians. And in that book he wrote these words. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And here he is at the church in Rome living that out. Paul really did believe that. And we believe it here as well. No matter what your background, no matter where you are in your spiritual life, no matter what successes or failures you've had in life, 
You have a place here at River Life and you have a place to serve here at River Life. Because in Christ, we are one. We aren't the same, but we are united in Christ. Third, that women had a significant role in Paul's ministry. Now this one's interesting because Paul later in other books wrote some things about women in ministry that some have interpreted to severely limit the role of women in ministry. But here Paul demonstrates that women had a significant, they had a huge role in Paul's ministry. And it wasn't, he wasn't just thanking women for cooking and teaching kids. Okay? No way. Listen to the things he thanked women for. He thanked Phoebe for being a deacon in the church and for being a financial, a major financial supporter of the church, of him and others. He thanked Priscilla for risking her life for him. He thanked, he thanked Junia as being outstanding among the apostles. In fact, a little note on this. This is the only place in scripture where a woman is identified as an apostle. It makes an interesting argument for those who, who argue that, that women should have a, a significantly limited place in ministry. Because here's Paul himself identifying Junia as not just an apostle, but outstanding among the apostles. And then he thanks other women, multiple other women, for being, for working very hard for the Lord. Women were not second-class citizens in Paul's ministry. And I will reject any pastor who communicates that or lives that, a church that lives that out. Women are not, a, were not second-class citizens in Paul's ministry, and they certainly aren't here. We absolutely need women in significant roles of ministry, leadership, and service here at River Life. Ladies, we need your voice. We need your wisdom. Because y'all are a whole lot smarter than most of us guys. Okay? You know that, and trust me, we know that also. We just don't like to admit it. And I love that about this passage. This is actually one of the most empowering passages in Scripture about women playing a significant role in church. Fourth, most of these people, most of these people were very regular people. They were very regular. They weren't wealthy. They weren't super educated. Now there was some, clearly Phoebe was a wealthy, most likely a wealthy businesswoman. But most of these people were very normal people. And what's amazing about most of them on the list, they're never mentioned again in scripture. One mention. One sentence. And we don't know anything else about them other than very regular, normal people had a significant role in Paul's ministry. And I love that. And I love that. Because, you see, regular people serving in the church is what makes churches thrive. That's, what, that's our philosophy around here. That's what we do around here. It's not just me. 
It's everybody. Every week we have 25 to 30 people who serve here and make our kidsmen amazing. And make our youth group amazing. And make our coffee amazing. <laughs> but every week it's regular people. Not people with seminary grads or the super spiritual ones. And that's what it was like for Paul. Very regular people loving other regular people and wanting their church to thrive. And that's what makes up healthy churches. So is this a philosophy of ministry, a philosophy of church that you can get behind? Is this something that sounds good? If, if you want a church where it's the staff who does all the work, go find another one. Because <laughs> that's not this church. We all contribute to making River Life an amazing place to come on Sundays. That's why we talk about volunteering. Because every one of you, every one of us, can make a difference in the kingdom of God. And that's no small statement. I don't say that lightly. You can make a difference in the kingdom of God. Yeah, you. And it's by serving in the church. It's by volunteering. Now you might ask, how do we do that? How do we volunteer? Well, it's actually pretty easy. We've got a whole list with, near, with 50 things you can do around River Life. New, newly updated. It's out on the info table. Some pe people will be passing this out after service. Take a look at this. And if you're good at something that's not on this list, we'll add it. Because you can make a difference in the kingdom of God. God's given you skills. He's given you talents. He's made some of you extroverts and some of you introverts. He, he's made some of you love kids and some of you not so much loving kids. You would rather build or fix something. But he's made all of you amazing. And you can use that amazingness to make a difference in the kingdom of God. So I asked some of our, our ministry leaders, what's your biggest volunteer need right now? What do you need most? And so here are some of the things they, they said. So Ying, out of our connections, which is our cafe, our info table, all the greeters and the parking people, they said volunteers for the cafe. Ying said cafe and folks to help work the info table. I talked to Gajora and Pang of River Kids, our kids ministry. I asked them and they're looking for classroom teachers. And it's once a month. We are not a church that is going to lock you into something every single week because that's exhausting. Once a month. Love some kids, play some games, draw some things with crayons, eat some glue, whatever you want to do. Okay? I talked with Alicia from our community engagement ministry. And, and she needs the most help with our, the homeless ministry that we partner with, Project 6-8. Once a month, we sponsor a meal um, under a bridge in Minneapolis. And we go out there and we feed, and then, then uh, anyone who wants can join uh, the group for the Bible study. She needs some help with that. Once a month, to, to feed some homeless people, some folks who need some help with food. Um, I talked with Johan up here in our worship and production. What he needs most is video camera operators. If you have ever watched one of our sermons on Facebook or online through our app, you can thank a video camera operator. And that's what we need right now. In fact, part of this, we're also looking to add streaming. We, we want to be able to stream our services, but we need more 
we need more consistent camera operators to be able to do that. That's, that's one of my goals. I, I want to implement that. But we need some of you to step up and be like, I can stand behind a camera. I can, I can try to track Pastor Greg. Okay? Yeah! <laughs> Now, some of you, some of you creative folks, if our whole creative media ministry, I talked with, well, me. So if you enjoy graphic design, photography, video, web development, app development, social media, any of that, come talk to me because I do pretty much all of that. We've got some great photographers, but everything else I do because I, I worked in that field for a while and I would love some help. In any of that, I would love some help from you. And then I talked with Meng, who's our facilities director, our chief handyman. And, and some, of you, some of you are great with your hands, and you know tools, and you can repair stuff. We need you, because it's this ability. Stuff breaks. And so we need, we need some help repairing things and building things, because we want to constantly be improving this facility. If you have an hour to spare, maybe you're not good repairing, but you can walk back and forth with a vacuum. We would love some help vacuuming the church. This is a whole lot of Florida vacuum. We would love once a week, one hour a week, come in and vacuum. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It's that easy. And those are just a fraction of the ways that you can serve around here at River Life. We don't, we, we don't do this to burn people up, to use people, and then throw them aside, find someone else. No. We do this because you can make a difference in the kingdom of God. Never diminish that fact. And you can do it being a regular person, doing regular stuff. So I want to close. I want to close by introducing you to one other regular person. Now, you're not going to find this guy's name in the Bible, but his name is Mark Gibbs. Now, here, here's what Mark looked like a few years ago, but that's not how I remember him. This is how I will always remember Mark. Uh, this, was, this picture was from 1988. I was a sophomore in high school, and I was a brand new Christian. I joined a big church, and Mark was my small group leader. He was a regular guy. He didn't go to Bible college. In fact, I'm not even sure he graduated college. He wasn't a super spiritual guy. He had his own baggage. But you know, he was a guy who loved a group of teenagers. And he was willing to take in a guy like me who knew nothing about church, who knew nothing about God, and was immature and insecure and horny and just a, not a great guy. But he took me in. And he showed me what living life as a Christian was like. And we hung out at his house and we went surfing on the beach. He was a surfer dude from Texas with a long Texas drawl. He talked like half the speed I do. <laughs> but he loved us. And that wasn't my experience of a whole lot of people. And he hung out with us and he welcomed us into our, his house. And he was a very normal guy who made a difference in my life. And because he made a difference in my life, I can stand up here and I can hopefully help make a difference in your lives. River Life exists in part because of Mark Gibbs, a normal surfer dude from Texas who was willing to hang out with some teenagers for a couple hours a week. And I am indebted to him 
for, for shaping who I am today. He was a regular guy. Never underestimate the power of regular people to make a difference in the kingdom of God. To make a difference in people's lives. I'm so sick and tired of this belief that it's the spiritual ones. It's the super committed. It's the pastors and the paid staff that do all the stuff. No way. It's all of you who can make a difference in people's lives. Yes, even by serving them a good cup of coffee. So that's my encouragement to you. Why do we talk about serving around here? Because it's part of our DNA. I believe it's part of what makes River Life a great place to come on Sundays. And you can be a part of that. You can make a difference in the kingdom of God. Because God has shaped you to do something special. You can be, imagine being a Mark Gibbs to someone years and decades later. Because you were the friendly face they saw every single week at River Life. So be a change maker in someone's life. Join me in prayer. God, we are humbled that you have chosen us to be your agents, to build your kingdom, and to drive and move forward your kingdom here on earth. So thank you. God, I thank you for all the people who have made a difference in my own life. God, I thank you for the people who have made a difference in the lives represented in front of me. You know every one of their stories. Lord, and you know how you've shaped them. God, I pray that you can, you can unearth, Lord, that you can release in them a desire to be kingdom builders. To do amazing things by doing normal things. Because in your hands, regular people become world changers. They become church changers. They become eternity changers. God, and let us be that in this church. God, so I thank you for all of the people who serve here at River Life. I am indebted to them. And I thank you for them. So I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who first served us. Amen.